are back for another exciting episode of The Spicy Life. I am your relationship expert and host, Spicy Mari. And I have a special, I guess, experience in uh, the spicy fundamentals that I'm going to be sharing with you. It was brought to my attention from my hairdresser, uh, shout out to Hair by Vanessa, and my little sister, Shelly Stamps, (laughs) that oftentimes I'm interviewing uh, all these experts in their field and in their craft when it comes to relationships and that you guys need a taste of just Spicy Mari, the spicy life and the spicy fundamentals and what they stand for. And so I thought that that was a really great point. And so we're going to do a five-part series on SPICY and I'm going to go into um, sharing some personal experiences with myself, how I became who I am and how I discovered Um, the method of the spicy fundamentals and how I apply them with my clients. And so to really get to the root and, you know, push me the way that I push our guests for you to get the best amount of information possible, I have my little sister, Shelly, who's going to facilitate and interview me and put me in the G spot. And um, just so that you know, Shelly is a lifelong student with a passion and curiosity about the human experience. Shelly received her master's degree in ethnic studies from San Francisco State University, where her research focused on collecting the oral histories of black medicine women in the Bay area and exploring land as a healing conduit for black women. Shelly's vision is to create a space where conversations on the discourse between social justice, environmental justice, and spiritual practice intersect. Shelly is especially passionate about rebuilding our spiritual and cultural connections with the earth and exploring the symbiotic relationship between women and nature. Ooh, the crowd goes wild. So fancy. Right? You know, that's the host of me. I sound, <laughs> sound kind of cute. Okay. <laughs> Now you, now you get to and now I get to introduce, introduce me. Oh, so today, uh, we usually call it the G spot. I'm right. gonna call it the me spot because it's your show. So. Yay. Okay, <laughs> I'll take well, it. I guess you're in the G spot. Like, <laughs> so uh, today in the G spot, we have Spicy Mari. Spicy Mari is the CEO and founder of the Spicy Life Incorporated. As a relationship expert, Spicy Mari has dedicated her life to work to encouraging singles and couples to communicate and connect more effectively by incorporating passion and adventure back into their interpersonal relationships. Raw and uncensored in her matchmaking approach, Spicy Mari has been featured on E! Daily Pop, Access Live, VH1's Basketball Wives, BuzzFeed, Essence Magazine, Soul Pancake, and LATV The Zoo as a recurring dating coach and matchmaker. You can catch her spicy tips live every week on the Spicy Live Talk, which you're listening to right now. Hello. Hello. (laughs) And available on Dash Radio and all podcast platforms. Spicy Mari's desire to understand the way in which men and women communicate started in her adolescence and led her to obtain a degree in mass communications from UC Berkeley. Woo woo. Ow, go bears. Discovering her life's purpose was not only to help people find love, but also teach them to sustain it. She developed easy to apply strategies and methods known as spicy tips. Kindling romantic flames for others ignited a fire in her that led her to receive certification as a dating coach from the International Dating Coach Association. This woman got credentials, y'all. Shortly (laughs) after sparking several love connections, which I've witnessed firsthand, she devised the Spicy Life Program, S-P-I-C-Y Life Program, which provides exciting courses, seminars, events on self, passion, intimacy, communication, and learning to say yes, to enrich her ability to add value to singles and couples in a digital dating era. She went on to obtain a master's in communication management from USC. Formed with the goal of transcending 
traditional boundaries. The Spicy Life provides self-improvement through effective communication and relationship building. And the crowd goes wild. Give it up for Spicy Ah, Mati. Yay, the crowd goes wild for me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I love that you guys got to hear my bio. Because right, I don't know if they've heard that or gone to thespicylife.com to actually like read my background story. Yeah, like people should know, like you know what you're talking about. Like you definitely have credentials, you've definitely put in the work uh, and people should definitely take what you're saying, you know, to heart because you, you know what you're talking about and you've also had the personal experiences as well. So today we're gonna be talking about self because we do wanna dive into your personal experiences and kind of what shaped you into the person that you are and led you to have all these credentials and build this brand for yourself. So normally you have people in the G spot, you go through the S P I C Y. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's my Shannon impression. Um, You go through the S P I C Y. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna kind of go through each of the points and kind of you to talk a little bit about what led you to those things. So first, of course, is S, and the S stands for self in your Spicy Life program. So Spicy Madi, tell us, when did you first fall in love with yourself? So, and me being the relationship expert and host that I am, I should have already had this answer prepped, but (laughs) (laughs) I I do it for others. Why is it that we don't do it for ourselves? No, um, I would probably say, I was, I fell in love with myself as a child and I knew that I was gifted and had the ability of connection. I think I really truly understood what it was to love yourself though in my like later part of twenties. I started realizing that I was developing patterns and habits that was putting the love of men at the forefront of my self-worth. And that was a huge wake up call for me because what is our biggest fear in life? To become more mothers. And I got into this industry and profession. And if you ask Spicy Mama, she will say, I treat or I got into being a relationship expert and relationship consultant because I find myself trying to solve her problems through my clients. You know, there's always like this psychology behind it. But I remember being uninhibited as a child, loving love and loving myself, but then throughout time and experiences of rejection from fathers, rejection from jobs, rejection from men, especially, um, I started to realize like, oh, this is how it happens. Like I had all the tools, I was given all the information. I saw the behaviors of the most important and influential person in my life and knew that I should be avoiding these mistakes. But I almost think that I started going through some of those mistakes in order to find myself again and in order to realize the true importance of self-love and why you know the message is so popular now of you have to love yourself first before you can love someone else. And I think that's why it, you know, it's instrumental and a core part of my program. Mm-hmm. And so the more research and digging that I did um, in my undergrad and then, you know, graduate, I started to realize like, dang, I, I thought I love myself, but I don't really love myself the way that I thought I did yeah. because everything that I'm doing is an act of, you know, trying to um, either seek approval or acceptance. And that's when I really had to take a deep look at self and say, okay, I'm repeating the behaviors and patterns, even the habits and the relationship choices. Um, And if I really wanna take my power back, I'm gonna have to make different decisions than what I grew up with and what I saw. 
So you talked about mom. <laughs> you talked about your mother, who also happens to be my mother. So you talked about your mother um, and how that kind of led you onto your journey. But what I'm noticing is that you could have, first thing I thought was, well, like, you know, you could have just gone to therapy or been like, I'm going to focus on myself. What made you think, no, I'm not going to just stop with myself. I'm going to become a matchmaker and help other people find love as well. Like, why did you decide that this was bigger than just you? So is this the where I started in my journey question? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are with my backstory. So I'm just going to tell you from the beginning um, when I first came out of the womb. But when it comes to how I first got started, I vividly remember being a little girl and always noticing that I was the only one who didn't have a daddy. And... It was extremely important to me that I had a father and I saw that my mom was happier when she was with a man. I saw that um, we had more things and more groceries in the house when she was with a man and how it affected us financially and how it affected her emotionally. More toys. Um, <laughs> more toys. <laughs> I liked with that they were courting me. So when I saw, okay, mommy's happier when she's with someone, I started pitching myself and pitching my mom in grocery stores, at the gas station, no matter where we went, I was going to men and almost like a like a wingman or pickup artist telling them like, hey, you should meet my mom. Look at her, how beautiful she is. I'll be a good little girl. And it worked like a charm. Like, come on now, we were adorable. And I started to see like relationship after relationship, like we were killing. My, like mom, mom, was, mom was getting, you know, dudes, you know. And when it came to a certain point, I started to realize the older that I got that there was decisions that she made now and, you know, me having knowledge and power behind this, that her self-esteem and her self-worth was wrapped around the relationships that she is in. And in order, or partly in order for us to take our power back is really understanding ourselves and understanding the role that we play in the relationships that we play, which based on the research of SPICY, which starts with self, it's the first element of knowing yourself. It's self-awareness. And so what most people don't understand about the concepts or the key concepts of self is that it's self-awareness, emotional intelligence, self-perception, self-actualization, self-regulation, and introspection. Am I getting ahead of the question, Joe? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so as a host, you're supposed Do to redirect thing. me back in. Okay, I'm practicing too. So <laughs> Tell me the original about, question. Tell, so let's talk about, well, that's a perfect segue. Let's talk about self-awareness. So how did you develop that self-awareness? Because you could have repeated patterns. Maybe you could have, maybe you said you saw yourself doing things and repeating patterns. How did you develop self-awareness and how did that lead you to the work you're doing now? There was a point where I felt very self-righteous. I thought I was doing everything right. And this is like in my adolescence, my mom was very strict with me. She was like, you're not going to repeat my mistakes. So there was a point where I thought I'm killing this. I'm not my mom. I'm doing everything great. First in my family to go to college, like I'm already making different moves. And I think part of what I was noticing was that I was obsessed with relationships and obsessed with love. And I think that was an eye opening experience for me as well, because I started to, I started to really analyze why I was having toxic relationship after toxic relationship or performing or in a way showing up in these relationships um, that weren't working. 
And so the point of self-awareness came when I realized, okay, there's a reoccurring thing that I'm doing. I'm choosing certain people um, that have these same quality tendencies of a father. Um, and I'm behaving in a way that is not just like pushing them away, but I'm drawing upon like toxic energy too, because I was doing things that were self-sabotage in the relationship or I was lacking trust in the relationship. And so when I started to see like, oh, okay, I'm the common denominator in these relationships, mm -hmm. I really need to process and assess like who is showing up in these relationships um, and how as much as I was faulting my mother for her choices and her behaviors, I was now repeating these. And I think a huge one for me was when I got into a relationship with someone out of having been rejected by somebody who I really wanted, I just thought he was the one. Um, and I let him put his hands on me. Um, he choked me out. And I didn't even leave after he choked me out. Mind you, I'm certified and trained in domestic violence. Like I <laughs> went through hours and hours of certification in order to help women um, uh, in situations be able to like leave their partners because it was something that's like was deep on my heart that I had witnessed with my mom growing up in an abusive relationship. And so that was my way of like, oh, this is something that I'm passionate about. Let me get back um, to the community. And then when it was done to me and I was like, oh shit, mm -hmm. this is how it happens. Who am I and how, why am I making these decisions? Like, is this genetic? Is it, you know, my thought process? I really had to assess. And I think, so I think that's really what it was. The moment that I got choked out um, <laughs> and as sad as it is, and you know, I'm, and I'm saying it in a way that it's extremely unfortunate, but I am not the same person I was when I allowed somebody to put yeah. their hands around me. Um, so I can look back now at it. Um, and I'm a, a very sympathetic and empathetic to anyone who's experienced domestic violence. Um, Cause every single woman in my family and in my genetic DNA has a history of domestic abuse yeah. um, from their partners. And so I may not be able to rewire my genetic coding, but I can make different choices. And I had to look at why I was choosing um, and how to choose differently. And I think that's where the self-awareness light bulb came on is like, oh, I'm, I'm manifesting this. Mm. I'm reaching out. I'm desiring these types of people in my life. Mm. I'm this type of personality that would be attracted to and gel with or desire someone who treats me like this. Yeah. And by having that self-awareness, you're able to break those sort of intergenerational curses, essentially, that right. are, you know, abuse after abuse after abuse. You decide this ends with me. I'm going in another direction. Right. This ends with me. Exactly. So, which leads me to emotional intelligence. How do you develop emotional intelligence? So I think that really comes from you having to not just have self-awareness of who you are and who's showing up, but also understanding and processing, even monitoring your emotions. So not all of us even know when we're reacting emotionally to situations and circumstances. And I think too, because my mother was so sensitive I was always someone um, after having experienced like heartbreak and rejection from my father, all three of them, um, somebody who monitored my emotions and saw emotions as weakness because I didn't want to be hurt by additional men, right? Um, and so in that situation, having to understand like I can't reach my maximum potential 
and I can't really find a true partner if I don't allow myself to be vulnerable, but I also need to know what emotions are showing up. What, what emotions am I holding back from and what situations are happening and how am I reacting to those situations? So with emotional intelligence comes you being able to process your emotions, but then also the emotions of others. Mm -hmm. And because you have self-awareness and you know who you are and who is showing up, now you're able to self-regulate. So can you give some tips or maybe talk about your experience specifically and how you have learned to self-regulate and not like go off the hinges or become like really sensitive or like overwhelmed by your emotions? How have you trained yourself to be able to take a step back and look at something more objectively or regulate your emotions? One of the things that, oh my God, has been the hardest thing. You guys have no idea, especially me being an alpha woman and having a dominant personality. I am my mother's child. I took all of the good, all of the bad. And now I'm trying to cherry pick. <laughs> now I have, you know, I have the power to be able to decide like, no, I want this. No, I don't. And I come from a long lineage of women who were not just physically violent, but verbally violent as well, which is why they were very much attracted to people who also treated them that way. You know, that's how they also, they also saw it as a reflection of love. Oh my God, this person loves me so much. They are, you know, look how emotional they get when they're yelling at me. Um, I started to see too, that instead of choosing that emotion of, or that reaction of violence, I need to take a beat, think about what just happens, how I feel, why I'm feeling it, and then react. That has been part of the hardest thing that I have had to do, I think, because there, there was a moment in time where I did not use self-regulation, where it was this, well, I'm just gonna react, period. And I got to test, I almost did a case study on myself and I got to test, okay, in these situations, where did I fuck up? And where did I not self-regulate? Where did I allow my emotions to get the best of me? And where did I say things to people or say things to men, even women that got a crazy ass reaction out of them? Okay. I don't like how they responded to me. I don't like how it made me feel. I'm hypersensitive already to yelling and cursing. So if I want to be treated a certain way, and it's, you know, it's very cliche, you have to treat people the way that you want to be treated and you allow them to treat you the way that, you know, you feel like you deserve. And what I had to do was understand that the type of person who I wanted to be in a relationship with, what is going to be a strong person? But my emotional outbursts or my inability to self-regulate would only hurt the relationship or situation because if he pumps his chest and I pump my chest, now nothing's going to get resolved versus the strength that it takes to actually like control your emotions is a lot more powerful than you reacting immediately. Mm. And what I love is power. Mm. And so I got a taste of the power, like, oh, it affects you more when I don't scream back at you. You don't know um, when I'm tripping. It's like oh, a mind trip. It You're is. Like, it's, it's a, a mind fuck. Like, how come you're not reacting when the right. way I want you to react? I tested like both. I tested both. And I even think I, I had some great wisdom early on from, um, <laughs> uh, it's so funny. I learned from my own clients. I set up a couple together and they were going through some hardship in their relationship. And this was early on um, in my program years, years, years ago. And one of the greatest advice that she had given me was when somebody shares an issue that they have with you, that is not your opportunity to lambast them and go in on them about your issues with them. 
allow them to share with you, take it in, take a beat, and then come back later on and let them know during your own opportunity to share with them. But the tit for tat and going back and forth is never going to be um, something that is going to be well received because the person's reacting and sharing this with you because clearly something hurt them and affected them. So now you have two people who are hurt telling each other hurt things versus you getting in the right like emotional mind state and coming back and revisiting the situation later when they're in a clear place as well and in a better mood. Thank you. So the last one, why is it important to love yourself first? And I want to ask this question. I think this is a really good question, especially for women, because I think women are often expected to love their children first or love their man or do whatever. But for you, as somebody who is full of self-love <laughs> and always a has too much, been, you might say. and always has been, why do you believe it's important to love yourself first? I believe that it's important to love yourself first. And I know this for a fact because majority of our decision making or society has told us that yes we should sacrifice and that we should be selfless and no matter what the religion is no matter what your faith or even if you're an atheist you know whatever you abide by whatever your moral code or compass is um that wants you or ignites you know you to be a better person and how you treat other people everything preaches the same message you know um be kind to thy neighbor and so I think somewhere along the line, we as a society started to, in our relationships, in our career, in our um, family dynamic, believe that we had to put others before ourselves in order to make it into heaven or in order to make our best lives worth living. The reason why I disagree with that is because we sacrifice our happiness oftentimes and we get caught up in trying to enrich the lives of so many other people that at a certain point we forget how to enrich our own lives. When we do something for so long, you know, we develop this pattern of, you know, putting this person first, whether it's something just as simple as I'm going to make, you know, his dinner every single night, right? That's something like very basic, very simple. But what if you do that so much that you're cooking so much, you forget to eat or you forget like, you, we start to starve ourselves. And I'm not saying, ladies, please, by all means, cook your dinner. You don't want to see my man when he's not, you know, when he's hungry. <laughs> but what I'm saying is like, it's this, I've been feeding you for so long, I forgot to feed myself mentality. And the reason why self-love is so important is because if you don't have a full stomach, if you don't have a full heart, and you're constantly pouring out, pouring out, and no deposits are made for yourself, you're left empty, and you've been drained of everything that made you lovable to begin with because you've given it to so many other people. And so at a certain point, if you don't love yourself and you don't know first off who you are, if you don't know who you are, you can't love yourself because there's so many amazing things about you that make you an individual, that make you vibrant, that you know people, um, all of you guys are amazing, whether we're all very different, but we all are amazing and we're all, you know, these individual creatures that are dynamic and we all have things to contribute and talents and gifts, you know, that we were blessed with. But if you don't worship yourself and you don't celebrate those, your light gets dimmed and you forget who you are. So when someone comes around, whether it's your parent, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a stranger, whomever that person is, 
their voice becomes louder than yours. What they say becomes stronger than the other voice that's in your head that tells you that you are worth more. And I, I really have to emphasize the difference between you know, self-esteem and self-worth and self-esteem, we're gonna have ups and downs. We're gonna have bad days, right? I just freaking crashed into my husband's car yesterday, all right? Yes, thank God it was not his Porsche. I hit his Acura, but um, hopefully he's not listening to this episode because he would be like, oh my God, the Acura is just as important. But I crashed into his car. I did like a turn and I didn't anticipate um, the, the front of his you know, car hitting mine or me hitting it. But um, I, was part, I was pulling into the garage and hit it. Anywho, I felt like shit, right? Yes, I have confidence. Yes, I love myself. My self-esteem though was low in that moment because I really fucked up and I knew I was never gonna hear the end of it from him. He started going in, you're a bad driver. Like, you know, how did you hit my car? And for a second, I could have allowed him to let it out. And I could have allowed his letting it out and the way that he was processing his upsetness make me feel like I am less than. I could have allowed it to make myself worth go down. But because self-esteem is an emotional roller coaster and my self-worth is high, I understood I made a mistake and I feel bad about that mistake. But what I'm not gonna let you do is make me feel like I'm less than a person. Make me feel like I'm an all of 100% of a fuck up. I fucked up, but I am not a fuck up. And that's the difference between self-esteem. Self-esteem says, yeah, girl, you fucked up. My self-worth says, but I'm not a fuck up. I'm about to recover from this and bounce back and get your shit repaired. Stop talking to me crazy, boy. So <laughs> real talk. So the reason why self-love is so important is because I know who I am and I know that I made a mistake. You can't tell me who I am just because I made that mistake. And I love myself more than you do. And I'm not afraid to, even though I won't, leave you tomorrow. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not saying that I will do it. What I'm saying is I'm not afraid of it because I know that I'm lovable. And if you choose not to love me, I am good without you. I'm still lovable. And because I have that self-love, I also move with the confidence of, I don't want to have to replace you, but I will if I need to. Mm -hmm. And that's why you need self-love because someone can come into your life at any moment. And I experienced a lack of self-love when I would allow different men to tell me what I couldn't do, who I wasn't, what I should be doing instead of my life, um, you know, instead of my purpose. And there were moments when I'm like, wait, you don't really love me. I don't really love me. Fuck. Who loves me? And the reason why I had to re rediscover self-love and I had to fall back in love with myself was because I started to believe them. I started to believe them more than I believed the amazing things that my mother told me about me, more than I believed, you know, me as a child in my adolescence and, you know, really loving on myself. And we're gonna go through emotional roller coasters. You're not always gonna love yourself. Like sometimes there's gonna be moments or years even that you're like, oh no, I don't love this person yeah. who I've became. Or you feel like you don't know who you are. Or you right feel like now. you don't know who yeah. you are, you're lost. And that's okay. You get to experience that you get to go through that emotion. What you don't get to do is stay in that emotion. You don't get to stay stuck. And when you do fall out of love with yourself, you're gonna have to do just like any relationship, refine and rekindle that romance and ignite that passion back mm. within yourself. 
you're going to have to do the work to fall back in love with yourself. Okay, so I want to transition a little bit and talk about the, the spicy fundamentals. Mm -hmm. So you talked a little bit about yourself and your journey and how you developed the program. I wanted to ask, as you reflect on your own past partners, do you is there an element of the Spicy Life program, the self portion in particular, where you have your clients reflect on their past relationships? And what does that look like? So there is a part where um, within the program, I have my clients, um, with a part of their self-growth guide is them giving me not just photos of their exes, but why they chose that ex, what attracted them to that ex, um, the level or I make them articulate the level of healthiness that was in that relationship. I like to know how long they stayed in that relationship. And I also like to graph the level of intimacy that they found themselves in with that, in that relationship. And of course, for I for intimacy, we'll do a whole nother episode about that because that's a whole nother um, <laughs> component of SVICY. But when it comes to the choices and the decisions that they made, I'm looking for patterns. I'm looking for... Okay, I don't want to just know that they all had to be over six feet. I want to know how they treated you. What did you accept from these men and how did you treat them? I also want to know how you were showing up. It's not enough for me to just know how these men treated you. I want to know how did you treat them? What were your common interests? What things did you guys do and experience together? And why did you guys break up? Why did you end? Did you take accountability? And what was your role in it ending? What, were, what was their role in it ending? So there is a whole element to it of me making you walk me through the choices that you made in your past relationships, because I need to know where you came from. I'm not trying to make you relive your past. What I'm trying to do is bring to your attention the choices that you made in your past so that we can accept, acknowledge, and then move forward with different choices. What did you love about that relationship and what didn't you love about the relationship? Because you don't have to repeat that same relationship again. And what we have a tendency to do, even with choosing our type, is there are certain feelings that we like feeling that we experienced in a previous relationship that we try to recreate again, or you know, certain things that we've have now you know, accepted in our relationships. And so if I want to really change, not just how you choose a partner, but the partner that you choose, I'm gonna have to look and dig into your past to see what your previous like patterns were. Apart from the romantic piece and just focusing on the self-love and self-peace, what are maybe some tips or steps that you ask your clients to take to get to know themselves better? So one thing that I love to do, um, and I just did a blog that I posted on thespicylife.com on um, uh, five exercises to improve your confidence. One of the things that I put in there was something that I actually do within my program, which is a SWAT. So that's figuring out what your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats in your life are. So a lot of times we have our cookie cutter SWAT that you're going to do, you know, when it comes to like a company, but you can use this for career and you can use this for your romantic, you know, personal life as well. But you really need to know your strengths and weaknesses, but more importantly, how do those weaknesses create threats in your lives that are going to make you miss out on the things that you desire, the person you are destined to become, the greatness that you are destined to achieve, then we assess the opportunities that we have and we, things that we can do differently in order to 
reignite your excitement for life again to make you, you know, if you're someone who's not happy and you come to me and you're like, I want love. Okay. Well, first I have to assess like, why aren't you happy? Who is showing up right now? What point are you in your life that you're not happy with it? And you don't have to be happy 24 seven with every single element of your life. What you do need to do is be able to operate from a place of gratitude. And you can't be grateful for what you don't acknowledge is the positive side of things happening. And I already mentioned earlier, I got into a car crash. I really had to say to myself, which was the hardest thing to do, well, at least we didn't get hurt. At least it wasn't more damage than $1,500. Um, but that's a hard, you know, that's a hard thing to do when negative things are happening to you. And so the reason why this why is so important is because I don't only do the SWAT with you. I want to see how you perceive yourself. I want to mm -hmm. see what you think your weaknesses, the threats and opportunities are. And I'm going to help you with those opportunities. But then I take it a step further with self and go into self-perception. This is who you believe you to be. Now, I want to see who the people you've surrounded yourself believe you to be. And then that's when I do the social circle report. And how do your clients usually react to this process? <laughs> so the social circle report is extremely challenging because we see ourselves in a certain way. Yeah. We want to believe ourselves to be. And the self-awareness portion of it is, you know, well, I see myself, you know, in this light and, I, have an and, ego. and I observe how, yeah. you know, others react to me. I even have emotional intelligence and I feel what they're feeling and I know now how to self-regulate and, you know, change the way that I am reacting, you know, to certain people. But at the end of the day, people make their own assessments and they have their own perceptions. And what you think may be showing up may not be what other people perceive as showing up. And so they're not excited about the social circle report. At first they're like, oh my God, my friends love me. They're gonna tell me, you know, all these amazing things. And then when I do the SWAT with their social circle report, and that is me actually calling five of your closest friends and asking them, you know, what they observe about you. Why do they think that you're single? Um, what do they think is holding you back from, you know, reaching your maximum potential or um, being able to, you know, express desire or intimacy? the results are very different than the results that they put about themselves. And it, it's, you know, the list is probably about, you know, 10 times longer when it comes to some of the weaknesses, opportunities and strengths and threats, because not only am I interviewing more people, but each person has a different experience with you. So they're able to tell me who's showing up in these certain settings, who's showing up, you know, at work or who's showing up when we go out to a bar, who's showing up when we go out to this mixer. And it gives me additional insight into times that I'm not able to spend with my clients, but also times that they didn't even realize that they did something that was extremely adorable or extremely rude. Mm. So they're able to give me some backstories or share some stories with me that, you know, my client may have even forgotten to tell me about. And one last question. What is the biggest takeaway that you want your clients to have from the self portion of the program? When they walk away from that process, what is the biggest thing you'd like them to walk away with? I think that there is power in really knowing who you are. And we preach this, you know, knowing who you are and loving yourself. But the reason why self is so important is because you can change any dynamic or any experience that you have if you know who is showing up. And if you know who you are, what you want and what you have to offer the world. And so a part of what is important to me is 
discovering who you are and also discovering your talents and your gifts and your talents are your skill set what makes you incredible and that you know what you do dynamically your gifts are spiritual it has to do with your purpose it's about what not just makes you amazing and what you do better than everybody else but how you help others with your gifts because yes your skills can potentially pay the bill but your gifts change the world and that is something that you can either hone in on you can lean into you can even master but if you don't acknowledge what those are then they get taken for granted mm -hmm. and you don't exercise them it's like a muscle and so the reason why we have to dive so deep into self and i have to you know explore with you the good the bad and the ugly is because we don't have a choice to work on any of the bad and ugly if we don't know that it exists and I can't stress enough that as hard as the self is to reflect, you have to have the relationship with self first, because if you don't love you, this is so true, somebody else isn't going to be able to define or fulfill that void or the negligence or whatever it is that you're trying to overcompensate your lack of love for self, somebody else is not going to be able to provide that for you. They can take advantage of it. And everybody says you can't find love unless you love yourself first. The truth of the matter is you can't find the correct or the right type mm -hmm. of love with, with someone else if you don't truly love self first. And so if you can take anything away, it's just don't operate from a place of fear. Do not operate from a place of, I don't want to dive deep into this. I don't want to discover self. I don't want to know the good, the bad, and the ugly because it's going to prevent you. You're going to be making decisions based off of fear and not based off of the true courageous person that you are. And I want us to go from surviving to thriving and we can't do that. We can't reach self-actualization if you don't know who the hell self is. That's real. That's, that's a spicy <laughs> tip right there. That's okay, real. Okay, so we just went through that's self. That's real. We just went through self. Can we do one little quick round of the naked truth? I okay, just want to play the game. I just want to play the game. This is fun. Okay. The Naked Truth Spicy Fundamentals Edition. Oh, ooh. Okay, no. Shelly just spiced it up on us. If you were to line up all your past boyfriends, what's one thing they have in common? Oh my gosh. Okay, I am obsessed with being spoiled and treated well. So one thing, and this is my kryptonite, is if you treat me good and you spoil me, by spoil mean, I mean giving me every single damn love language. The reason, no, <laughs> <All> I, was, <laughs> I want them all. And that's where I realized because I'm very aware of self that I am a spoiled brat. My mother, as bad of choices as she made, and she will admit to them and she's amazing now, but like she will say, I spoiled you too much. I overcompensated for my, my insecurity of not providing you with a two-parent home. So she overcompensated when it came to quality time, you know, as much as she could. She overcompensated with gifts. She overcompensated with acts of service. Like all of the, you know, five lung languages, affection. When my mom comes around me, she is rubbing my back. She's putting me to sleep still. Like I look for that in the men that I choose and even the ones that dogged me out. Like even the ones that cheated, even the ones that were shady to me, like even them, I still was looking for 
the spoiling. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, you talked crazy to me, but, you know, you did give me affirmation the other day. Or, yeah, you talked crazy to me or you, you know, didn't show up, but you did give me this gift. Or, yet, yeah, like, I was looking for, you know, and then, so, they spoiled. Yeah, they yeah. all spoiled me. Yeah. If you, oh, excuse me, wrong question. What's something you know about relationships now that you wish you would have known in your early 20s or in your 20s? The most, okay, I was needy as fuck. Like I, I, I really wish that the book attached, which, um, I recommend to all my clients and I recommend that to you guys. I really wish that had existed before my journey of relationships. Um, I wish that would have been one of the first books I read in my studies of relationships. Um, even in my schools, like I, I wish that book existed because I think that as much as I, you know, want to say that it was, you know, based on my environment, it's, it's twofold. It's based on your environment and your upbringing, but also on the relationships that you choose. Both are, you know, molding you at the same time and affecting your perspective and affecting your desires. And I wish I would have known how much of a anxious attachment style I had because every relationship I was looking to fulfill the love from a man. Mm. And I wish I would have known how to play the game a whole lot better when it came to controlling my emotions and controlling my need to fill the voids in my father, which is why I operated from such an anxious attachment style. And the moment that I picked up on or realized that I was so thirsty and I was like being needy in the communication, needy in the time, needy in, in all these things. The moment I realized like, oh, you, if, if, I don't give so much power to you. I am now the person in power and in control. And I think that was the the most important part was taking my power back, but not just playing the game of not showing up and being needy. It was more of me having to find someone who had a secure attachment style mm -hmm. to be able to give me what I needed and also regulate when they gave it to me versus fulfilling every single five love language and knowing that because it was crack for me, that was that came with my self-awareness. Like it was my crack. Love is my crack. It's why I'm in the love. It is my crack. I'm obsessed with it. I give it away. I deal it. I am a, I am a love dealer. I deal it and I get high on my own supply. So, <laughs> but that is probably the, the one thing that I wish I would have known was that I needed a secure person to, to help me with the anxiousness, but I couldn't attract a secure person unless I found security first. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that, and I was always drawn to avoidant attachment styles, people that, um, you know, gave me that like quick rush, that high of attention, and then they would take it away mm -hmm. because that's what I was also used to in the men, the male dynamic in my household growing up. So it was really so many lessons. I mean, there's like a million things that I can go through with you guys of like, decisions I made and choices I wish I would have done differently. But um, please, by all means, read the book attached. Last question, since we're talking about books, what is your favorite relationship book and what's your favorite relationship movie? I know this is crazy, um, but my favorite relationship book, I think which did it for me was Outwitting the Devil, mm -hmm. which is not a self-help how to find a man, like, like the typical, you know, why men love bitches or like, it's not one of those typical books. 
the reason why I think I love Napoleon Hill outwitting the devil so much is because it helped me really master self. What I didn't understand early on was that I was making decisions out of fear and what we see as God and the devil or what we see as, um, you know, this little creep, you know, these two little, you know, the angel or, mm -hmm. the, you know, devil on shoulders is actually two voices that are really just within us. It's not so much that it's a spiritual book. It's just a metaphor for two voices that live within us. One is fear and one is love. When we operate based on the seven principles that are mentioned in outwitting the devil, we're able to conquer or overconquer the voice of fear. But there's seven principles that we have to practice. And I should probably do a whole nother episode on outwitting the devil. Um, but the reason why the book is so important is because it gives you insight on the mastery of fear. And it not only transforms the decisions that you make when it comes to your relationships with a partner, it also transforms the decisions that you make in the relationships with your career, the relationship that you make with your health, the relationship that you make with education, mm -hmm. the relationship that you make with your family, the relationship that you make with politics. It, When you understand how you make decisions and what voice is speaking to you and then how to conquer that voice, you're empowered to be able to make decisions that are truly coming from the love voice versus the fear voice. And that's the most important element when it comes to deciphering or discerning who your purpose mate is. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, thank you, Spicy Mati, for joining us on the Shelly Life podcast. <laughs> oh, now it's the Shelly Life. We just changed the, the Spicy Shelly Life to the Shelly Life. Wait, Shelly, you should totally start that podcast. That would be amazing. Oh, my God. We just figured out my sister's brand. Hello. <laughs> Wait, that is awesome. Okay. We're going to do um, like in this five-part series, yeah. four other parts now um, because we already did self. So there you guys have it. Stay tuned. Please click subscribe, download, share this with a friend, giving you personal insight into Spicy Mati and how the spicy life came about. Don't forget to play with her Twitter and stroke her Don't Instagram. forget to play with my Twitter and stroke my Instagram at Spicy Mati. And there you guys have it. You have just been spiced. The Spicy Life.